Amen. We have an extravagant God, don't we? And it's been such a joy to look at extravagance related to our vision the last few weeks. The extravagance in up, we have an extravagant God who is full of extravagant grace for every one of us as we recognize God for who he is. The extravagance in God's glory, his extravagant majesty, the God that we know and believe in. And really, I love the way that Steve unpicked the the wonderful extravagant grace that God has for us. It's God's grace that separates us from anyone else. God's grace is at work in us. His grace is sufficient for every one of us. You know, God is extravagant. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hand. Psalm 96, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. You know, uh, last week as well, James took us on this wonderful insight into uh, the extravagance that God, that we have in our community together as River Church, how we invest in God's kingdom with each other. You know, I really felt challenged the way that James unpicked that for us last week. How, you know, God has given us each other to outwork his kingdom, to see God's kingdom come. And there's an extravagance that comes with that, that we can help outwork with each other, this community of River Church. So this week, we're looking at how to be extravagant as we look out to the wider community around us. And we should have a slide coming up where I thought I'd sort of unpick the word extravagance. I know we've done this over three weeks now, but for me, I just wanted to really get to grips. What does it mean to be extravagant? And these are some of the things I found. One of them is lacking restraint in spending money or using resources. It's interesting they spending money bit come there, but it's something about being extravagant, wanting to bless the people around us with our finances, with our time, with the things that God has given us, our gifts, our skills, lacking restraint, going beyond what we can do with our natural ability, exceeding what is reasonable or appropriate, excessive or elaborate. I don't know how you respond to people who are quite excessive, but we're called to be extravagant with who we are and our resources for God's kingdom as we look out. Extreme to the point of being unreasonable. You picked a great word here, Steve, for our values. An adjective associated with extremes, sometimes even to the point of absurdity. I love it. This is right up my street. So this morning, I want to look at the extravagant in terms of out in, in three, um, three ways. Firstly, looking at what we do at the moment as River Church in terms of this, what it looks like. Um, secondly, the reason why we go, we go out, we look out, we look outside the church. And then finally, how. How do we actually do that? How do we go out extravagant, extravagantly um, in the community around us? So firstly, what are we doing 
as a community, as River Church here in Sutton. So as, as a church, we're very much involved in the local community. And you know, when I started to write down um, the things, I was really blown away. I was like, yay, <laughs> come on, River Church. You know, we um, work very closely with community works uh, in, in impacting this borough uh, through social action. You know, we heard from Mark Tomlinson a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, um, who's the project director for Community Works, and he came to speak, and he was encouraging us to engage further with the work that takes place here in Sutton. I know that there are people in this very room who serve, or have served as street pastors on Sutton High Street, giving up their weekends, their evenings, their nights, to go and just be with the people who are out on a Friday or Saturday night and in the daytime. You know, we as a church collect for food bank. And I know that people have been blessed by the ministry of food bank. Um, the night shelter. It's, it's a wonderful ministry. You know, as a, as a church, over the last, last month, we've done this pilot. It finishes tonight. You know, it's been a wonderful opportunity to make a difference in this community for those that find themselves on the streets. What a wonderful ministry. Um, there are others in this church, as I look around, that have been involved in Linking Lives, which is, um, again, operated through Community Works, but it's getting into the community. It's meeting with people who are elderly and isolated, and it's linking them up with people who can be somebody to talk to, chat to, being community with the lonely and isolated. And, you know, other things, the daytime uh, ladies' groups, you know, for, for a number of years now, they've been diligently going to Bowsize Court doing bingo and, and beetle drives with the residents. And a year or so ago, we started doing services there. And the difference it makes to that community has been phenomenal. We've seen people saved throughout those, when we've done these things. And it's just wonderful to see the church being extravagant in using their time, their resources, and blessing the community. Toddler group here at Highford Hall, which has gone from strength to strength. You know, it's wonderful to come in. I come into the office on Tuesday morning, and this is packed. It's packed with mums, occasional dads, who I try and get to chat to, and these little toddlers running around. And the two ladies that we get to help run it, they're not even part of this church. But they come and they want to serve the community. And I just want to honour um, the three ladies that come every week, volunteer from this church, uh, Roz, Christine, and Karen. I just want to honour you three ladies. And thank you for how you serve this church in making that possible. Because it's a wonderful ministry of blessing this community, of seeing people come into our building. You know, I know that there's been conversations. People have asked if they can use the hall for bar parties and their birthday parties. But uh, there could be conversations going on there about God. You know, what, what does your church believe? You know, it is a great opportunity to, to minister to this community around us. Sorry, I'm still going. There's still loads. 
You know, the Christmas market. You know, we're opening our doors to the local community to come in. The puppets, the leafleting, the ministry on the high street in Sutton. There are people in this building right now, today, because of that leafleting on the high street. Our Christmas and Easter services. We often draw a good number of people, visitors, to those services. And not to mention all the smaller gatherings or events that we don't get to hear about, that you might organise with your life groups, where you invite friends, you invite people to be part of your smaller community. And I wanted to mention the Easter fun day that's coming up, because it's just another opportunity for us to impact the community around us, to invite our friends to, to gather, to have fun together, that people would see something of Jesus in us, but in what we're doing. You know, and, and I could talk about the film nights, sports events that we've had, watching football, rugby. We've opened our doors more and more for the local community. And it's wonderful to see all this happening. You know, the, the amount of people that use us now, I have to make sure I book in early if I want to use the hall. Because this is being used. This hall is being used. And a massive um, shout out to Carolyn, for who is, helps organise all of that. What a great resource that we have here for Highford Hall. And then finally, of course, there is Alpha. And Alpha is, a, is that wonderful opportunity to directly share the good news of Jesus. Because ultimately, that's what it's all about. Because we want people to know the wonderful joy and the love of Jesus. And so the Alpha course, we run regularly and... Um, and that's been going on. I don't know if I've missed anything. I feel like that must be pretty much everything. If I have, and you're serving in a ministry that I've not mentioned, then I apologise. Do come and tell me, and I shall uh, take the rebuke. Um, because I think it's important that we honour these wonderful things that we are doing as a church. We're making an impact. That's the truth. We're serving the community, and relationships are being built. But I don't know about you, but... You know, there's still a strong desire in me to see more. <laughs> I'm always thirsty and hungry for more. So not just impacting the community with these wonderful things that we're doing, but to see more people come to faith in Jesus Christ. You know, through the witness of all of us as we follow Christ, you know, that, that we would be, there'd be something, you know, the great thing about values of being extravagant you know, you don't actually have to be there yet. It's something to aim for. You know, and my heart is, for me as well, you know, this is, this is I'm preaching to myself here, to be so extravagant in my witness that people want to find out more about Jesus. That people are like, you know, who is this Jesus guy? You know, who is this God? That they don't just see God in me, but they want to see Jesus in themselves, that they want to look and understand who Jesus is. And, and this is the thing that I want to say, and that is that I really don't think it's about doing more. I think it's about doing things differently. I really don't think it's about doing more, because I think so many of us are doing so much. We are. You know, sometimes I think, gosh, how many balls can I juggle in, you know, in one week? 
You know, and then actually I've got all these plates I've got to try and spin as well. I don't think it's about doing more. I think it's about doing things differently. I really do. So what does that look like? What motivates us to think or do things differently? Well, I think it has to do with the message. How much does the message of the gospel impact our lives in that it motivates us to do something about it? And that brings me on to the why. Why are we extravagant? Why should we be extravagant? Why should we be extravagant when we go out? And my first, so I've got three things on this. And firstly, I think it very much depends on how the personal, how much the personal impact of the gospel has been in our lives. I didn't write that down very well. How much has the gospel impacted our own lives? And I would argue that the level by which the gospel has impacted our hearts is the level by which we are motivated to share it with others. My Christian life started very much with a bang. I was very much on fire and excitement, and I was like, yeah, God is real. I was about 14 years old, and I thought, isn't God good? This is brilliant. I love it. And, um, and I can remember going home, and the next morning, uh, getting out of bed tonight, I went down, and I was speaking to my mum, and I told my mum. And my mum had a different response to me. But I just thought, mum, this gospel thing is the most amazing thing in the world. I love it. And, but then you know what happened? As I spent more and more time sort of on my own in my sort of little journey with God, you know, um, people were busy around me. I didn't really sort of share much of this excitement with people around me. Or, you know, and I got busy doing, doing other things, you know. I was a, became a teenager. You get lots of distractions when you're a teenager. Having parties, doing life. You know, I grew more and more accustomed to not sharing my joy and excitement of my salvation, of what Jesus had done for me, that I'm eternally saved. That it, you know, life just kind of happened. And I just kind of got on with it. And slowly, the excitement, the joy, the yay, it became a yay. And, you know, you know I began to begin things like, begin to uh, believe things like, well, you know, actually, maybe it's not that special. Maybe I'm not that special. Maybe that's something that I believed before then, but it just became more real then. You know, and then I began to sort of, well, I don't really feel the need to share this sort of thing with other people around me. I was happy continuing as I was without any need for changing or growing. Growing in my depth of my understanding of who I was in God. I'm happy, thank you very much. I'm doing just fine. I knew God and that was enough. But there's something about the gospel that if you know Jesus, that just sort of gets you. And, you know, as I was getting on with life, it was just niggling me all the time that actually there was more that God had for me. That there was more that he wanted to show me about who he was 
about the wonderful plan that he had for my life. And the fact that Jesus is alive. I know that sounds so simple, but Jesus is alive. And something happened when I became a Christian that it just, yes, this is true. But then I got distracted. I got things got in the way, you know, and just, can we just close our eyes for a moment and just think about this? Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. That he has saved you for all eternity. That he holds you in his hands. That that cannot be taken away as you know and trust in him. That he, he has saved you. That's the truth. That's the truth. That you no longer have to face judgment on your own. Jesus is with you. You know, those implications for you today are immeasurable. They're immeasurable. They are uncontained. You can open your eyes if you want to. Jesus is truly amazing. You know, I sometimes think, you know, why am I hiding under this bushel? And then I think to myself, what is a bushel anyway? Why do I hide underneath it? Because the good news is the good news, not just for us, not just for me, but it's the good news for everyone in the world, in the community of Sutton, everywhere that you go, anywhere in life itself, the good news is the same. And that's Jesus is alive and he's with you. You know, sometimes I just, I think... You know, I would love it if every one of you just now ran out of your seats and then just literally knocked on every door on Alma Road just to say one thing, Jesus is alive. You know, as much as sometimes as I find it cringy to see people on the street saying, Jesus is alive, it's the truth. What courage, what boldness that they would even do that. Ah, It's the greatest news ever. To know Jesus, to live with him in your heart, to know that we have this glorious eternity with him, free from pain, free from suffering. You know, we are children of an eternal, perfect heavenly father. We're part of this eternal family with brothers and sisters who will share in this eternity with him. And this is our Eternal promise. This is our hope. And this is a steadfast, rock-solid hope. You know, we can't see it. We just know it. You know, do you, do you feel it? Do you know that hope that you've been called? Are you excited by it? Does it motivate you to be extravagant with the gospel, to just be foolish for the gospel, to step out there? And you know what? I don't care what people think. I'm just going to go for it. You know, the good news that Jesus has taken the punishment of sin on himself. You know, when we get to be, uh, there will be a day of judgment. The Bible says there'll be a day of judgment. And one day we will be judged. But you know what? 
all God will see will be Jesus. For every believer in Jesus, our sin has been atoned for, is taken care of. You know, we have nothing to worry about now as Christians. We don't. Nothing. We can step out, we can try things. What does it matter? As Christians, you know, we can, we can do anything, really. Obviously, with the leading of the Holy Spirit, with the guidance of God. But I just want to encourage us to be bold, to step out. To This is why we're extravagant. Because Jesus has done it all. God is both holy and love. I like these two things because they almost seem a little bit very different. And in order for us to experience both, we must receive Christ as our Lord and Saviour. We choose to follow him. We receive his love. And in return, we know his holiness. God covers our sin with Christ's holiness. There's a perfect sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. His resurrection has covered our sin. And we know God's love. We can know both together. It's incredible, this truth, that God has this amazing plan that he would send his son to die on a cross for for me, for you. And he did this to take away every tiny little thing that would separate us from him. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? That's my motivation. That's my motivation. The gospel is the only hope for our nation. Not Brexit. The gospel. Jesus is the only hope for this nation. Second thing. The reason why we go is Jesus commands us to. Being extravagant in our route um, is tied up in making disciples. And I feel God's been talking uh, about this a little bit with me recently. But in Matthew 28, um, it says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you, Always to the very end of the age. Now, I just want to talk about discipleship for a moment because I think, to one degree or another, we are both discipling others in the Christian life, whether we know it or not, helping them grow, pointing people towards Jesus, or we are being discipled by others. We're allowing others to answer our questions if we've got questions about our faith, about God. We're allowing others to come alongside us and point us to Jesus. And, you know, we all still need reminding from time to time of the direction that God has for us. You know, we're both discipling others and being discipled. We're called to be disciples of Jesus. You know, and one of the things I wanted to throw in here, if we don't allow ourselves to be involved in these kind of relationships then there is a danger of us becoming stagnant or proud or self-centered and subsequently a danger of not growing into the full potential of what God has for us. And he has a lot. The Greek word um, in the Matthew 28 uh, passage that translates um, make disciples is learner or pupil. In ancient Greece, this word was used for someone who was an apprentice to a trade like masonry or shipbuilding. 
In philosophy, it spoke of someone who developed a master-student relationship with a teacher. As Christians, the disciple is a believer who's learning to obediently follow and serve Jesus as their master. And Jesus says, go and make learners. Go and make learners. Each one of us is called, commanded almost, by Jesus to go and make disciples, go and make learners, people who are committed to learning about Jesus. And a disciple is a person who shows willingness to learn. And I think there's something in this that encourages us to go, to be extravagant in our out um, of our vision. As you're going about the things that God has called you to, the, um, sorry, oh yes, the go and make disciples, the go word in that passage reads, as you are going. As you are going. So as you are going about your daily life, as you're going about the things that God has called you to, whether it be um, taking your child to a toddler group, whether it be working in the city, whether it be serving in a local shop or running a business, as you are going, make disciples. Make learners. Help people understand about God, who he is and what he's done. And that's exciting, but daunting for, for me sometimes, but it's exciting. But it's what God encourages us to do. As you are going, communicate something of taking initiative, engaging with how we make disciples, developing friendships, relationships, connection with people outside of the church. You know, draw from the Holy Spirit. Draw from him and take the initiative to talk about your faith, talk about the reality of God's faithfulness in the world, in the uh, places where you find God leads you. You know, God is faithful. God is faithful and will go with us. He goes before you into those situations. You know, my prayer is that faith will arise in this room. I really felt that the faithfulness of God is something to know and to understand. But God has faith for us today as we step out and do things differently. You know, there are times that we have real breakthrough in our lives where we know God's comfort or we know God's peace. You know, these are the times that we can stand on and help build our faith. But they are things that you can share with others as to God, how God has led you and how God is in your life and, and leads you on a daily basis. Be extravagant and don't hold back. And the third point I wanted to say on why we do it is, you know, as we do these things, it says in Revelations 22:12, Behold, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to render every man according to what he's done. There is a reward being stored in heaven for us. And that's a good thing to know, isn't it? That it's true, that it's in God's word, and that motivates us also. Going and making disciples is about sowing seeds of hope, faith, and love. Because those things, you know what? They are eternal. And as we sow them into people's lives, we're sowing eternity. 
the wonderful truth of who God is and what he's done for us. So finally, the million-dollar question in five minutes. How do we do it? How do we be extravagant in our out? Well, as I said at the beginning, it's not about doing more. It's about thinking differently. And are you ready to think differently? Have you always done things the same way? It's easy to do. How easy do you find change? Are you willing to step out of the boat and try something new? Well, extravagant in our out is it's going to be different for each one of us because we've all got different personalities. Some might see themselves as more extrovert, some be more introvert. There's no set model. And the wonderful thing with people is no one conversation the same, no one person is the same, and no one relationship is the same. So it's very difficult to pin that down. But it's about taking a step of faith and trying something different. Maybe how you do have that conversation. Maybe how you are building that friendship. Maybe it is a matter of just saying, hey, do you want to go for a drink? It's about stepping out and trying something new in order that you might be able to communicate something of the good news that is in each one of us. I know when I've done it, I've been so blessed as a result of it. And it's a wonderful, wonderful blessing. Now, what I wanted to do um, is to do something a little bit differently this morning. And I just want to encourage each of us to take that step in doing something different. And what I've got in, in this uh, wonderful uh, box is lots of brown envelopes. And what I think what I might do is, is I want you to take one envelope and then pass it around. And I'm hoping <laughs> that this gets to the end, but um, we'll see if it doesn't. There we are. Okay, so a little bit of interactivity here. So each of these brown envelopes is a gift for you. Okay, and uh, already Kieran, I think, already knows what it is. Um, but it's a gift for you. And what I want you to do is I want you to do um, something for me, okay? Um, inside here is a pound coin and a proverb. And what I want you to do, and again, there's no obligation to do anything at all. I mean, this is a gift that, you know, it's your, your gift. It's no obligation. Um, you can choose to, I don't know, give the pound to charity. You may even just buy a, a coffee on your way home, whatever. That's absolutely fine. But you may choose, and my hope is that you'll choose this pound as a prompt for you to invest in the kingdom of God and join with me to do something different. Okay, so even if you take a friend out for a beer, see this as a way of using this pound. I know it doesn't pay for beer. I, don't, I went for a beer the other day. It was five pounds. I mean, what's going on with the world? Um, okay, this is just a token, okay? It's, it's not, it's not going to get you a beer. But, um, but let it be a prompt. That's all it is. It's a prompt. It really is a prompt. You know, I want to invest in every single one of you that you might be extravagant in your out. You see, extravagant doesn't... You know, it doesn't need to be all sort of guns blazing. It could just be inviting a friend 
for drink. It could be, you know, you know somebody who really isn't very well or struggling. It might be a neighbor or something. And just buying a, I mean, actually, you can get a bunch of daffodils for a pound. There you go. And just taking around, just say, I know, I know you've not been feeling well. Here's a bunch of flowers. That's it. That's all you need to do. And I think it, being out is being creative. It's, it's, it's looking at ways of multiplying the kingdom of God in the world. That's what it's about. It's about the gospel. It's capturing your heart to think, you know what? I'm going to give some of my resources to this and make it happen. And make it happen. You know, I would love to hear, like next Sunday, 10 people lined up here. You know what happened with my pound? Of how God made a difference. And all I would love to hear as a testimony is just, I went for a beer. Wouldn't that be great? That's it. That's all you need to say. I had fun. Okay. And the last thing I wanted to say, there's two last things I want to say. The second last thing is being outward focused. So while these are going around, oh yes, there's some left. I can go out later. Oh, is that, have we done the middle section? Oh, I think we might run out. Okay, keep going, keep going. Being outward focused, is, but it's not just personal. It's not just personal. It's something that we do as a church family. And as Steve mentioned at the beginning of the year, as a church, we want to plant churches. We want to plant churches into new areas, abroad even. We want to plant people. We want to plant communities into new places because we believe that this gospel is so important that we want everybody to know about it. So we want to plant churches into new places where there's possibility to plant churches. And this is something we're really seeking God for. And we're really working towards making it happen. And that's all I'm going to say for now. And I just want to finish with some general principles, and they should come up on the screen. So going out extravagantly, my encouragement, first and foremost, is to cover everything with prayer. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead. I've run out, haven't I? How many do we need? I've got one. Here we go. You can have this. Right, Christine, tell me at the end. I'll, I'll come and speak to them. And I want to, everybody to have one this morning. Um, okay, so what does it say? Prayer. Secondly, every time we step out, we're investing in God's kingdom. I knew I should have put those couple of quid and pound in my wallet this morning. <laughs> Thirdly, every small step is a good step. Okay? Believe it. Every small step is a good step. Don't underestimate your influence and don't overestimate your capacity. Okay? It comes back to just thinking differently, not doing more. Okay? Don't overestimate your capacity. Invest small and see how your investment matures. I love the way that James really um, picked that for me last week. I thought, yes! It's about investment. We're investing in the kingdom of God. Uh, ensure manner of living matches your message. <laughs> ensure your lifestyle matches what you're saying to people. Be creative. Hopefully that might prompt you with the little incentive today. And persevere. 
and have fun while you're doing it. Have fun. Yeah, the gospel is good news. It's not bad news. It's good news. Have fun while you're doing it. Because actually, we want people to know that the church is a fun place because the gospel, that Jesus is alive. Ultimately, that's, if that's all you hear today, that Jesus is alive, I'm, I'm, it's done. I'm one. Because ultimately, that's what motivates us. That's what motivates us to go out, to be extravagant with the people around us. You know, should we stand? I'll pray for us all, I think. Can we all close our eyes?